keep all this in, by the way. I no look. I there's always some business up front yeah, that well, I need. There was there was a lot today. <laughs> Normally, we don't need to rearrange furniture before we are. Uh, yeah. So keeping it fifty one fifty episode nine nine. nine. Do we have a, how do you, have you looked at our subscribers lately? Yeah, it's it's, ever, a, it's a forty four. Forty four. So this can't it, all be. There's not forty four robots. No, it's probably the, probably the ones way that, more. <laughs> the ones that produced the cars for Nissan and Mr. Robot, obviously. Yeah. And Johnny Five. Although Johnny Five is alive, so I don't know if he qualifies as being a robot. Yeah, it's a gray area. Uh, <laughs> really... That's the uncanny valley, isn't it? That's what that means. <laughs> That's what Ex Machina was really. <laughs> Johnny Five. We promised to read an email. We did. So, men of our word. We we are. We're like. I mean, the, we're we like did... the Joker in the dark. Let's see. So Gmail. we're gonna bring up Gmail. Oh, we decided Gmail. to do this in real time because this is the uh, the best way. Yeah. There you go. Log on to 5150. Don't give the password out <laughs> while you're typing. Also, we should add before I get into this, the beer pairing for uh, for this podcast is Premium Northwest, the P and W. You'll know it as the very cheap beer that's got some sort of stag or deer on the front of. Yeah, it. it's the great majestic taste that's the best in the Northwest. How would you rate it? Is it the best in the Northwest? Uh, it's 16 fluid ounces. I would rate it. <laughs> What's awesome about this is when it uh, calls out the type of beverage it is, it just says beer. Yeah, it, it does doesn't not... get fancy. It doesn't say an ale or a... It doesn't say lager. It's just a... all beers <laughs> and no beers simultaneously. Uh, the last email is from my wife that says print, which is the stuff that I sent her to print. What do we got before that? The one after that is... Uh, it's, from yeah. Go- it's from Google. Okay, what did Google have to say? But... Google, uh, the, the subject is 50, comma, got a new device. They call us 50, because our name on Google, you have to put a first name and a last name, it's 5150. <laughs> new sign-in from Chrome on LG V20. Okay. I, got, I, got, I got a new phone. It's an LG V20. Don't treat me any differently. I'm just like you. But You're it's... not like me, because I use iPhones, man. So It uh, says, hi, 50. Your Google account, girl, I can make you feel okay at gmail.com. Still funny. Yeah. <laughs> Was just uh, used to sign in from a Chrome on LG um, V20. And then there's a picture of us, uh, 5150 girl, yeah. you feel like at And then it, uh, sort of a cartoon drawing of what might what it thinks my phone might look like uh, Friday. How accurate is that cartoon drawing? Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, it's same, got... same proportions. Sure. And it's, it gives the date, which was uh, Friday, March 31st. Uh, it says, don't recognize this activity, question mark. <laughs> Review your recently used devices now. Got a new LG V20? Uh, do more with your... It's trying to make me like install the Google Calendar, which I did because I used the Google Calendar because that's how I organized like, the, See, the personal parts of my life. It's genius. It's a, it's a security mail that doubles as a fucking ad. Man, they, don't, they are not missing a trick. And they've signed it best, the Google Accounts team. Okay. So, so everyone out there, if you enjoyed this rundown of that email, which is <laughs> definitely going to make the podcast then that's fine. Continue not sending us emails because we'll continue reading out security emails that we get when we log in from various devices. <laughs> if you don't want us to do that, maybe send us a fucking email once sure. in a while so we can actually read one out. Because we're not going to not read emails now. That's no, just... we're going to read emails. You know, if you get it as any other way, if we're going to read iTunes reviews, comments at the bottom of our blog, if you go to, um, you know, you can click on it from the, the podcast. It has links to it, so you should be able to find yeah. it. Very, We're very findable. Yeah. I mean, not if you search our independent social media. We no. will not be posting about this podcast. <laughs> we but... don't want our friends knowing that we do this. It yeah. is very weird that we do this. No, 
I tell people I'm doing it, and then with no context of how they can find it, so it's just like a fucking scavenger hunt. It's like Ready Player One for my friends to figure out whether or not I have a fucking real podcast or I'm making it up. Um, all right, so we've read an email. We're going down. We actually made an agenda for this one, so it's yeah. A, so this, this is, is gonna a be tight, a tighter. We're going to do be, three or four hours. It's going to get cut down. To- you know what? Let's start with this. Let's. This is not on the agenda. I'm going to wildcard it immediately. Wow, look at this. Um, look at that improv. I'm going to yes and whatever you say. Yeah, look at these fucking make up skills. Because <laughs> um, this is something you sent me. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame news. Yeah. By the way, you can't possibly care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Can no, you? no. I All just right. think it's an interesting phenomenon. So I think Greg Proops put it this way. Every band that ever starts should start off in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And as you release a record that sucks, you get kicked out. I think that would be a much more fun way of doing it. Oh, you want relegation to yes. be a thing? Yes, absolutely. It should definitely be a thing for bands that are already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, like, yeah. That raises the stakes a lot. That, right? Like if ACDC's in there and then they decide to put out one more album and it's garbage. And it's like, <laughs> sorry, buddy, you're out. You've, been, like, you've coasted for seven records now that's really got to be the limit yeah um this one better have at least one good song or you're out or like yeah like if metallica goes back to load reload type songs then they just like they're just out of the rock and roll hall of fame now and they have to earn their way back in by having two good albums (laughs) that's the one good thing about soccer is the idea of relegation yeah that 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 is makes it uh, a little bit more uh exciting like you you can if you're supporting a team that's in the third division, you within a couple of years you could be going to see them play Manchester United. Like, but here's what we really want to talk about: Mookie Blaylock, aka Pearl Jam, <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee, yeah, 2017. Exactly right. Like this, <laughs> that seems that seems like a perfect pairing of things I don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. You, really, there you brought this up yeah, to me, though. Sounds, what? sounds right. <laughs> like, Do you think they deserve to be in a Hall of Fame? I mean, they're okay. Like, they're, they're I don't know a huge Bill Jam fan. They got like those alive's all right. Jeremy's kind of irritating, and Eddie Vedder has a hilarious voice. As, yeah, as we know from attempting to do karaoke. <laughs> he really popularized yarling, he the did. style of. <laughs> Tinner mumbling that <laughs> that uh, really swept the nation. Well, it swept terrible bands, and uh, to be fair, I think he does it better than anybody else. Like that's just how Eddie Vedder sings, and everyone else is like, "Got it." <laughs> yeah. I actually like Kmart Pearl Jam, <laughs> aka Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, I liked them better at the time. Like I own Core, I didn't even own Tin. Right, but you straight up don't like. Pearl Jam at all. There's, I begrudgingly like a few songs, but for the most part, I don't. And all the songs I like were when they like still wanted to be a rock band. This is pre ukuleles. Like, and- well, pretty early on. I mean, as like after really the second album, I think they're like, let's not do the thing that got us popular. Right. Then, remember the year that they put out like 52 live albums in one year? Do you remember that? Oh, they, they, they used to record every show, right? This yeah. Is another were, jam band bollocks thing that they should fucking do. And they were like do. putting them out like these like no frills like packages, like all the packages look the same. It just had yeah, the and date, it would just the be city. like Baltimore d- you know, the date. You know there's dudes out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> got like every single one. Spend what, $600, $700 and going, oh, jeez, fuck. And also, how much could they be varying the set list? I don't know. Maybe maybe they really do vary the set list a lot, but... Dude, like, maybe. Uh, with, with a big production, it's kind of hard to pull that off. Like, yeah. you know, there's costume changes that you have to do and giant mechanical yeah. dragons that you have to fight. So. Yeah, you would start You would start the show with, with the cutoff shorts and, yeah. and the long johns on, and at a certain point, he'd switch to corduroy pants. I don't know what, I don't know what the costume changes are. Yeah, best-dressed man in metal. So speaking of metal, um, one of my favorite metal bands, 
put out an album. So Mastodon, we, we touched on this before in a previous podcast where I mentioned how I thought the lead single that they put out ahead of the, their new album. Yeah, Show Denver Yourself. Sam, show Yourself. I thought it was like kind of garbage. Right. But I, I bought the new album anyway, like I said I was going to, because I want to give them money. And uh, I thought it was really good. I made yeah. you listen to it. What did you think? I loved it. Yeah, I was... Um I don't think I've listened to a Mastodon album all the way through before. I really liked it. It's uh, the first three tracks of those um, was Sultan's Curse, and then, then uh, show the, yourself. The show which yourself. Is jarring to me. I like that. It's, it reminded me of like of Baroness, who I really like. Like they they're like metal without certain aspects of being metal. Yeah. Um, and it, I really enjoyed it. So it really reminded me of them. So th- that that was cool. As I mentioned again on that when we last time we were talking about uh, Mastodon, my favorite era of Mastodon is when they really embrace being like kind of a like a 70s prog band yeah in the context of the sludge metal that they like normally yeah, do yeah and this album's kind of a return to that there's like hella keyboards on songs i, I like that what was the best song um uh, i think the, clandestiny the, is clandestiny the, yes which features a full-on like keyboard solo at one point like layered multiple <laughs> layers of keyboards <laughs> yes, and so then good. robot voices oh so, yeah it's like the vocoder <laughs> why was i programmed to love it's <laughs> <laughs> It's great. It's really good. And the chorus is like really epic. I I just I like this as a straight record, just all all the way through. It's really good. Yeah, I really there's and there's like Roots Remain and Clandestiny especially, and um, maybe Words of the Wise is pretty good too. Like those songs are like really really good. Like those really stuck out to me as like fucking. I I still like Show Yourself as well. I think it's uh, it gets stuck in my head. It's growing on me, but it's just so that's. Like, I, I get how it's not like necessarily what you want from that band. Yeah, but I still really liked it. <laughs> and I never got, I didn't listen to it long enough when it was the initial thing to get to the part where it becomes more of a Mastodon song. Because like at a certain point, it becomes uh, yeah, like after the second chorus. Yeah, a there's of, like a like, guitar riffs. solo and <laughs> like, some like weird riffs where you're like a weird off time like riff kind of stuff hmm. where you're like, oh, okay, this is like this is what I signed up for. <laughs> So I'm seeing them again next Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And with, do you uh, think they'll do the um, like play all of um, was it, what's it called Emperor, Emperor Sand? Emperor I of, don't think so because there's two other bands on that bill, and I oh, can't imagine yeah. like when they played Crack the Sky in its entirety. I think Kylisa opened up for them, and then they yeah. played, and then they just played a double set after that. They just played like their like forty or like fifty minute album, and then the keyboard player that they had touring with them left the stage. And then it is rolled through hits, you know, like after that. <laughs> and I'm using hits real lightly. Yeah. So you mean like Call of the Mastodon? <laughs> yeah, it's like well, you know, it's like March of the Fire Ants. Oh yeah, that's a that's a great one, by the way. They haven't started that tour yet, so I have no idea what their set list is. But I'm assuming that it's going to be it's going to lean a lot on newer yeah. material. But I hope they mix it up. I'm also going to be like shouting for like <laughs> some deeper album cuts from other albums that they may or may not play. Yeah. I really like Ember City off of the last album and uh, Bedazzled Fingernails off The Hunter, which is like, <laughs> I, ridiculous bet, name, I the bet they don't play either of those songs. They might play Ember City. There's no way they're playing Bedazzled Fingernails. <laughs> that is not getting played. So, yeah, um, I'll report back. Yeah, after. do that. Um, it, should be a, it should be a fun show. Which brings us to <laughs> our last topic for this segment, which is there's a whole genre called Dungeon Sim. Yes, there is. That... I don't know. I don't know, man. It's a thing. Yeah. Somehow it's a thing. 
So I, I, I heard about this about a couple months ago. I was looking on Invisible Oranges, and there was a here's, here's the records that coming out this week, and there was a list of things. One of them was uh, Black Anvil, which is cool because we, we were seeing that like a couple of weeks after that. And then as as you got right down to the bottom, it was like here's some shit that we missed, and it was Old Tower, and it and it describes like you know black metal, folk metal, blackened folk death metal, whatever it is, blackened nonsense. And then it, it described this one as Dungeon Synth, and I was like, okay, I'm in. I've got to, I've got to hear what the <laughs> fuck this is. I clicked on over to that, and it and it's just. Um, it was very, very sparse, um, like keyboardy, like single dude on his own in a presumably a dark basement away, away from <laughs> like, people. What a candelabra <laughs> getting into it. You know, th- this song's like 14 minutes long. Uh, yeah, this was. Yeah, they put it on the harpsichord <laughs> setting through hella delay and just was like, let's just let's just work this out. And not edit it at all. No, like no. The, uh, this is the most guided by voices genre you you will fucking hear. Like, I don't believe there's any dungeon synth that gets recorded that doesn't get released. I feel like, like it's recorded in real time, and people are like, <laughs> "All that was gold." Like all 14 minutes of it, there was no wrong notes. You want to take that again? If you want me to make another record, <laughs> yeah, it's like starts doing victory laps around his little tiny keyboard. Yeah, <laughs> Old Tower are an interesting way of of experiencing this stuff. Then I don't not recommend them, but. <laughs> I'm also like, I'm not going to go, oh man, you got to fucking put that old tower record on. You got to get the... Check them out. <laughs> yeah. Do check them out. <laughs> like... I mean, this is why the internet's red. Because like back in the day, you could look through magazines. Yeah. And maybe find uh, someone who's like, this is a thing that exists. But now... You can check it out for free. Like, like old... It would have cost us, what, $150 to get all of that Dungeons and... Th- back in the olden days, though, like you, you'd have to buy it on tape or vinyl or well, something. How, then, would you it, even it would have to... how would you even hear about this? Like, yeah, you'd have to get like... It you wouldn't would, be in Hit Parade. <laughs> no, it's just to get down to that point. I remember like getting like Punk Planet and Maximum Rock and Roll and stuff, and you go in the back and and you buy it for record reviews. Yeah, yeah. They would get regional shit that you would have never heard of. Like yes. you had, there's no way you would have heard of like Don Knotts, that grindcore band Don Knotts. You just wouldn't like unless you lived in like New Jersey or wherever they're from. You would never have heard of them in Alaska. And now we can just fuck around and find like that. There's at least a dozen bands. Yeah. In a weird genre that I didn't even know existed no. until you just ran into it. It's great. And also, I'm not going to like. I'm not gonna be a huge Dungeon Synth fan. I'm not going to be evangelizing this <laughs> to people. We start a Dungeon Synth band? I don't, I th- no more projects. <laughs> I feel like, I no, mean, we can... this, this podcast taking off. We've got 44 subscribers now. We can't let them down. <laughs> okay, guys, let us know. Because we could take a weekend out and skip the <laughs> podcast and instead put out a complete Dungeon Synth what album. What we think is a Dungeon Synth <laughs> album. <laughs> <laughs> it's two songs, each one's 15 minutes long. It's a full half an hour. Actually, we should probably get up to 50 minutes to match it. To be, so it's a podcast. The yeah. podcast is just... It's just loot noises. It's just choose your own podcast <laughs> adventure. <laughs> like Dungeon Stiff style. So, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we are your monkeys. We will dance for you. So, so it doesn't even say, yeah, make me a fucking Dungeon Synth album. Also, give us suggestions as what you want to see crudely drawn for the cover of that Dungeon <laughs> Synth album. Definitely going to be drawing with the left hand. Yeah. Possibly in Sharpie or Crayon, <laughs> depending on what you guys pick. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's a pretty good rundown. So, in conclusion, we don't give a fuck about Pearl Jam or... The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's they perfect marriage. This is really two great tastes that go great together. <laughs> Mastered album. Fucking good. Go check out. Definitely. Really uh, good. Uh, Emperor of Sand. It's fucking, it's good. Proggy shit. And if you want to get into some ridiculous shit that your friends will be like, what are you into now? And you could be like, Dungeon Synth. I'm a big fucking Dungeon Synth fan. But not the 
new stuff. I only like the earliest. I only like Old Tower because the. You know, <laughs> I was gonna go the other depends. way. Really like like Old Tower. It's like no, not like Old Tower. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people they're gonna ride hard for Old Tower. They're gonna no, you know I I do think they're good. They're better than NDF or ridiculous <laughs> yeah, other banter. Like... I, I I like keeping it old school. These new this new dungeon synth that's uh, N U with <laughs> fucking Elm <laughs> over the... it. With the detuned pieces. And, I'm know. only in the blackened dungeon Um Yeah, so if you want to get on that hot shit that's fucking cracking in the streets, and by the streets, I guess the streets of, like, Elder Scroll or something. I don't know. Like uh, These are cobbled streets. Get on that dungeon and stuff. We'll, we'll, you should link to the, the band camp. Definitely. Thing, yeah, that, that that's, a, a, that's a good intro. I'm not going further than that intro. I don't think one I did a that. thing where I Googled other things. There's both a Reddit There's, page. There is a Reddit one, yeah. There's a, a blog, a Dungeon Synth blog that I found. <laughs> this is like just seconds of internet research. And there was multiple two-hour-plus YouTube playlists of Dungeon Synth. Oh. Multiple of them. <laughs> like, just turn that on while you're doing data entry and <laughs> spelunking the dungeons of various synthesizers and whatnot. Um, so with that said... We have our own dungeons that we have to conquer, and that's the dungeons of not having money. Luckily, we have uh, people to pay our bills. Let's read some ads. Pac-Man. It's the latest craze that's sweeping the nation. We know the only way to establish any credibility with the kids is to get your name into that top 10 table. But how are you going to compete with FDA, GGG, or AWE? You have a job and a mortgage to deal with. That's where leftorright.com swings into play. How do you know the right move to make? Eat the power pellet and chase the ghosts? Play it safe? Go for the cherry? We got you. While playing the game, take a photo of it and mail it to our head office. Within a week, our pack analysts analyze and calculate the optimum move that you should make and then fax it right back to you. With tips like this, you'll say goodbye to non-school board obscurity and start your life as a high school winner. Use the code 5150150050 and we'll throw in some tips for Donkey Kong, Galaxian and Mr. Do's Castle. Leftorright.com. No, maybe you've run out of ideas. That was tremendous. Thanks, man. No one no, take. One take wonder. Just getting that done. <laughs> so good at it. By the way, we're back. I don't um, know if you know that. You know, speaking of being back. Yeah, we got to crack open some. Yeah, crack delicious, open uh, some of these. Hang on. I don't know if this is the best in the Northwest, but they're certainly in the Northwest right now, and that's what I appreciate about. Yeah. yeah. Feature segment: uh, movies that came out six months ago. <laughs> I know. You were on an airplane recently, and you saw a movie. Why don't you tell us about it? I finally saw Get Out, you guys. <laughs> Congratulations. I hope everyone who's listening to this is slow clapping you, even if it's really awkward because you're at work or I, on a bus. I, I have not met anyone who hasn't seen this movie. <laughs> really... I was the last person to see it. I had some questions because I'm fucking ace agenda maker right now. Yeah. My first question was, how did you hear about this from movie? everybody else in the world? No, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, even no, before it came out, I, I heard that it was a it was a thing, and it was going to be a, a big hit movie. It was going to be at least an interesting social horror, which is not a genre. I've it's the dungeon synth of fucking uh, movie genres. The Stepford Wives is one of the the classic of that genre. Yeah, the, and the that was of... that was something that he specifically called out as a an influence. Or yes, a, a, on invasions of the body snatchers was really about communism and stuff. Yeah, so it was like. 
there's a history of both sci-fi and horror Have, having a having a specific political or um, social point to make. Yeah, in sci-fi you see it a lot more, but horror had that too, and especially in the seventies. But this is much more front and center. This is politics. A right? lot of things make this a, an incredible movie, but right. that's one of the things that that really help it out. Yeah, and it it really was straight political all the way through or straight social commentary like th- there was there is no avoiding that and going oh did you also know it was about this no it, it's fully <laughs> yes, about yeah, this yeah. um it, it was great it was honestly one of the best movies I've, I've i've seen in ages it was the most original movie how, i've seen in, in, how many uh, movies do you normally see i don't here? see a lot of movies okay. <laughs> but i would agree right now it is it is top of the list for best movie that i've seen this year I wouldn't be surprised if it is the best movie that I will see all year. I think it's great. I'm telling everyone I know to see it, including you, multiple times. <laughs> every every band practice. I from, saw it. I saw it opening weekend, <laughs> and then months later you saw it. Yeah, it's great. Um, so I, I also I managed to not know anything about it before going. That's here. Like, a great I didn't watch, way to go. I didn't watch it. a single trailer, uh, other than people saying you need to see it, and then. Everyone who had seen it was nice enough to do the right thing and not say a fucking word about it. Oh, by the way, spoiler the fuck alert about about this. If you if you're if you're actually less than me and have still haven't seen it, bizarre. But like, well, I, this podcast's not coming out for a while. <laughs> like, to have a real discussion about it, we should just talk about all of it. Yeah. Also, it's been out for a while. I think if it's, you haven't seen it, I would say table this one. Or if you really just want to know what we're going to recommend, you could skip ahead to the recommend section. Maybe yeah. we'll put a time code for that. Um, <laughs> somewhere we'll figure um, it out but otherwise uh we're gonna talk yeah we're gonna spoil the fuck out of it so yes um so obviously loved it but i uh, didn't know anything about you know, i'll tell you what i thought it was going to be about um and i don't know where i picked up this idea from i thought it was um a black couple moving into a white neighborhood and then the white neighborhood gets together and fucking scooby-doo scares them out out of there and i thought that was going to be the plot Maybe not as quite as com- comedy as the Scooby-Doo-ness, but I was like, oh yeah, that's that. Also, by the way, that sounds like that could be it could be a pretty good movie. But yeah, I'm not sure. How I know I, I'm not sure <laughs> I where guess. I picked that up from either. But it was like, oh okay, and that's what I, so that's what I was expecting going in. Um, and it opens up with that black guy walking through the neighborhood. I thought, oh yeah, this must be that white neighborhood that doesn't want black people moving in. This movie doesn't go in that direction. So. No, it goes quite <laughs> a different direction. Um, the 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 thing I kept comparing it to while I was watching it was Jaws. It isn't like Jaws, but it's the level of tension right. that goes through it that is not resolved until right at the end. It was an emotional experience. Watch it was a it was like a a, a very tense, wound up kind of ah oh, this is this is, <laughs> please stop this from happening kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, all the way through, all the way through because um you're kind of in the dark about what certainly I was because I hadn't a clue what was what was going to happen. I was like, well, when are they going to move to the neighborhood? And then, when are they going to inherit their dad's gold? <laughs> Doesn't happen. This movie. The, the plot of Mr. Deuce Castle. They're gonna have to bury the Hydra thief <laughs> to make a skeleton army arise. Still not the plot of Get Out. Um, do you? Well, let's just, let's start with this. Do you like horror movies generally? Are uh, you a horror fan? I'm hot and cold on horror, horror movies. Some okay, of them, I like I like some of them. Uh, I like horror aspects in movies. You don't devour horror. Stuff. No, no. Um, I you know the the, the classics I, I, I will yeah. enjoy. Um, The Exorcist from Dust Till Dawn. You know. <laughs> Stuff like that. Because I mean, I think I think one of the things like that makes Get Out great is that it is a thriller or horror movie, and it's aware of all the tools you would use to be a part of that genre. Yes, yet it, yes. Like, is very smart about not only layering in social commentary and stuff, but it understands no. how to like use tension and then use humor to deflate that tension slightly also and to get the, you to the next level. But I it's think not the, a comedy. I think yeah. the humor that that was being used was cutting. 
certainly in the in the movie f- movie theater full of like liberal white people in in North Seattle. I saw it in. It was kind of some of the racial tension that was happening in in, yeah. in that movie. I think that I think it was laughter of relief rather than that was a really funny, well observed joke. There are funny, well observed jokes, but I think there's just the pricking that kind of like can we can we just take a brief break from this fucking rising tension in, the, yeah, in this yeah. thing? Let's let's talk about the um maybe the party scene section of my act of the movie mix. Yeah. It's like forty minutes or something where he's going in and he's meeting a bunch of these uh, well-to-do white people and they keep saying these not openly racist KKK things, but um, things that... It's all like microaggression and it's like the clueless, yeah. like offhand, yes. uncomfortable racism that... Uh, yeah, the, the, like I said, it's kind of been um, educated out over the uh, by, by smarter people over the last 30 years or yeah, so, yeah. but um, is still present, especially... Well, it's still present everywhere, but um, there was this sort of rising tension uh, as this goes on. And as, as people say, more and more clueless things. And the guy's very... Not not passive, but like in, unperturbed by this. It's almost like uh, in in the office where crazy shit will happen, and then Jim will turn to the camera and shrug. It's not quite as blatant and dumb as that, but it, there is a little bit. Well, because it's the thing that the first scene where you're introduced to him and he's packing for this trip, mm. and you find out that um, his white girlfriend, played by girls Allison Williams. Oh, she in girls. She is in girls. Hey. Well, we're, we'll return to that in a second. He finds out that she hasn't told anyone that he's like an african-american dude like he like she right. just hasn't like, so that's right. an interesting point because like oh no we're yeah. post-racial she's her I, her thing is like my parents won't care like no one cares like right. my parents won't care like they're it's they're not like, a thing anymore they would have voted for obama three times yeah know? like and my my dad will tell you that and he does tell him that he does tell him <laughs> that and it's like that thing of like yeah like no they're cool it'll be fine yeah and it's he's already on that edge of like they don't know. Yeah. Nobody knows. I'm going to have to deal. Like, this is a thing I'm going to have to deal with yes. all weekend. All weekend, people are going to probably say fucked right. up stuff to me. Like, you could just tell. They, they haven't had time to prep for me being a black guy. Yeah. And and so, like, there's this thing where initially he was, you could tell he's, like, kind of mad about it. But he just is like, I got to let it go because uh, it's my girlfriend and I'm just going to yeah. let it go. And so that frames the whole first half of the movie pretty much is him being there and He's getting shit on kind of all weekend, and people don't even realize that they're shitting on him. But right. he's shitting on him, and he's like just trying to be like, let's let it roll yeah. off his back. Just yeah. not be angry about like tough it out. Yeah, yeah it's like I just got to tough it out because it's like I, my it's my girlfriend's parents, and this is her fucking dumb rich friends. And I knew this was gonna happen, but I'll just fucking like ride it out. Yeah, you, you, you also know? got the um the impression that like, well, this isn't the first time this has happened oh, to me. Yeah, this is and, like. Yeah. Presumably, this is like a microcosm of like, well, this is what black people deal with, and it's yeah, super, super exaggerated in the sense of like it's happening minute by minute because he's meeting all the fa- all the fancy white people in what. Like, yeah, one yeah, go, but so. yeah, it's like here we go again. I mean, and the movie does begin like you're introduced when they're driving into this this oh, town. Yeah, yeah, there's an there's an um, and this is what's so smart about this movie is like there's a moment where they get pulled over by a cop. Yeah, clearly, they hit a deer or something, and then and they hit a deer in a very effective jump. The first jump scare, yeah, yeah, is like them hitting a deer, and it's very effective. It's like that's like it made everyone jump because it's yeah. like ten minutes in this movie. Also, like, you you kind of you almost anticipate it just because they've hung on. They hang on this one shot of her driving, and they're not really talking that much, and it kind of slows down a little bit, and you think maybe something's coming, and then it happens. And like, then it happens. Like, <laughs> great timing, <laughs> really and they, good. And then, so they call a cop, and a cop shows up. Yeah, like bullet headed, fucking uh, like an ice 
cop. Like he looks yeah. like one of those guys that's gonna throw. It doesn't look like a he, a reasonable cop. He looks like no. You know, as soon as that cop shows up, you're like, I bet this is not gonna go well for anyone involved in this. And he does that. You know, he does that thing. It's like I need to see this guy's ID, even though he wasn't driving. And, yeah. And you know, the girlfriend's like, I'm driving. He doesn't have to show you shit. And at first blush, you're like, oh, that's oh, like, cool. She's like, she's like standing. a human rights lawyer. Fucking yeah, she's like standing up. She knows her rights and everything. Or once you know where the movie's going, you're I'm like, just... she just doesn't want any record of this dude being like. I'm just getting that now. That's yeah. Like <laughs> this there's... movie is multi. It's worth watching twice probably because yeah. like every scene seems to operate on like, oh, you know when you when you watch this again, you'll you'll experience it differently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we're meandering a little bit, but yeah. So there's. There, the, that party scene is is an, is a, another example of what I was just referring to, which is like you see all these little interactions, and uh, it first seems like a montage of like, man, this guy is a, like is putting up with so much shit, and these people suck yeah, so yeah. bad. And then when you know when you know the plot, when you know the ending of the movie, you can look back and look at all these people who are window shopping. Yeah. Him, pretty much. Who are like so to, looking so to, at like... to be clear about this, they're basically, the, the plot is that you can, through clever neurosurgery, <laughs> they're able through to... hypnosis and neurosurgery, you gotta swallow some stuff, but it sure, works it's, it's on a... sci-fi on a, yeah. horror movie, whatever. So this is, um, you, you basically can put, let's say, your soul, your experience into a different body. And the shop, and, and basically the, the, the rich white people are, are trying to figure out. Okay, do I want my me or my husband to be into into? I can't remember, Chris's yeah, uh, Chris's body. So, so there's a scene where Allison Williams again it seems like there's fucked up stuff going on. You don't know if she's in on it or not. Right, right. And like he's her, like her brother's super creepy as well. Like right, right from creepy. the very beginning. Although uh, that's another thing we're thinking about it. I wonder if because he he's immediately kind of picks a fight with him. He's he like does try to start a fight. talking all this shit. Like do you like MMA? Well, like, do you like MMA? He's like you know your build and everything. You like be a beast. You'd be a beast. <laughs> no pussy footing around. <laughs> Which I wonder if part of that was. Do you think he was shopping for him? Maybe. Yeah. Um. You don't again. So you don't know if his girlfriend is in on it, and she takes him for a walk. And during that, there's a silent auction that uses bingo cards. We're like, we're gonna play bingo, and yeah. then like they're just fucking, just, just, they're just straight up just auctioning the stuff. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's hard to ignore. Big the, huge picture of him. Next, having the picture of him next to him, like that yeah. made it look like a slave auction. Right? Yeah. The, you, it's. I don't. I don't see how you can draw any other no parallels that, it, to that. like i think it's but like, it's still at that point in the movie we don't know we don't know what they're doing like we know it, it looks like they're bidding on him what's what's go- who and then and and they've shown there's a groundskeeper and like a cook housekeeper yeah yeah who are like acting super weird they both seem almost like either developmentally disabled or just really like on a different plane like yeah. just not interacting like, with people they like they want you to think that they're under some sort of like hypnosis which yeah. is not actually what's going on but that's a kind of a red herring type situation and they're and again really well done it's just, really well done and there's like a lot of really great like creepy moments where there's like a moment where Chris goes outside yeah to, to smoke and then a dude just runs at him yeah. it's one of the scarier moments in, in the light movie because it's just a dude coming out of the darkness in the middle of the night full just tilt run. full tilt like <laughs> sprinting at, and is turning at the last minute the other thing one of the other things I really liked about it was um, the, the racists of the movie were literally the liberal elite um, that's that's how it's defined in, in later interviews and stuff like that it wasn't 
Yeah. We normally think of racism movies as a KKK like level, you know, cross burning. No, no, or, normally. Or like super obviously bigoted, kind of like, yeah, in order to telegraph the fact that this guy's racist, he's going to say stuff that not just like like you shouldn't say it's like no this is stuff that we've all agreed on that you don't say uh, whereas the language that's used by by the people in this movie isn't um uh, it never like, it doesn't it convey never it doesn't overt, convey bigotry well it never overtly yeah it doesn't get into it's not racial slurs stuff that all, all the racism in it is more like it's exotifying and otherifying and yeah distance between black people and white people but it's not it's not that they hate black people no. But they aren't willing to. But, but they do see them as like, oh, it's convenient vessels in, into which they can put their souls. Uh, but I th- it was really cool that it's this sort of indie horror movie aimed at, <laughs> kind of aimed at the liberal elite, whose who's, who's bad guys are the liberal elite. It's like, so the tension in the theater isn't just that, um, it's kind of like wanting to kind of distance yourself from the people that, that you're, you're being portrayed as on screen, because I watched it with a lot of white people. So yeah, yeah. it's like, Oh god! It's like I hope I don't fucking do shit like that. Which I, maybe is kind of kind of the point. It's I like, think yeah. You, you w- might think you're not racist, and maybe you're not. But fucking don't be like this. You know, don't. Well, like, I think I think in first like especially before you again you you before the movie turns and you figure out what's actually going on. The interactions like the interactions with the dad and Chris are awkward because he's trying really hard to not make any of this an issue like right like making race an issue he's at all trying but to be post-racial yeah but in doing that he's just like highlighting it in a way yeah. that's like, super awkward and you're like oh, and it, but oh, it's no, awkward like, rather yeah. than hateful like if he was yeah, saying, if he was like being disapproving of his wife of his, of his uh, daughter going with the black guy you'd be like yeah this that's, that's an easier emotion to process and it's not yeah. awkward it's straight up kind of that's the fucking bad guy boo but where it's like oh dude don't oh, would you fucking be more careful with your language or at least don't blunder into this kind of like oh hey my man how you doing come on man yeah. don't, don't talk like that and, you, you and, don't talk like that you're a fucking lawyer yeah, you're and, a surgeon yeah and a everybody and, wait a sec he's not a lawyer I do <laughs> he's, he's a lawyer in the west wing that's that's, okay. that's <laughs> Good catch. <laughs> and again, as you said, the brother of the girlfriend is the closest character who you're like, he's just like this weird, like, And he angry... just say things like, your genetic makeup. Yeah. He, he doesn't says... He doesn't quite go as far as black people can run faster than white people, which is also one of the fucking <laughs> pivots of the movie where... It... It's true. Jesus, yeah. their the grandfather was beat by Jesse Owens in the Olympics. Oh, God, you have to fucking see this movie. It's a, more than we could talk about. Like, to go through the movie would take hours, as, as you Yeah, and I'm in. People are going to write dissertations on this movie. <laughs> like, seriously, people's theses are going to be sure. on this movie. Like, like all social commentary, super smart and, like, craft wise, the script is just like. Again, it's like. like drum tight, works on every level. Like, it's fucking. Nothing like, you could take out of it. Like, Back to the Future kind of perfect well, in that and, sense. And like, everything works. Is Everything's got multi. Like, as we talked about, everything's multiple levels. You can view everything through the prism of, like, it works in this way, uh, you know, up to the point where the movie pivots and becomes. goes full genre yeah, towards the end. Yeah. And that's not a that's not a dig on it. It's just at a certain point it can't you know it's not no it, you yeah. can't just keep raising the tension and then end the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like at a certain point they gotta they gotta turn it and yeah. and it's exciting. Also. And then it becomes the way like, it do, does that as well, which is when she's she's like she's looking for the keys and it, yeah. it, this is fever pitch. This is just like they they know he knows he has to get out of there. He thinks she's on his side and he's like we gotta go and she's like stalling on like I can't find my keys or whatever and it's weird and has, the, he, has he seen the photos at this point 
Yes. Okay. Also, that that moment where he goes into the the, the bedroom, the pack, and there's this weird I'm little door. I'm pretty sure uh, one of the ladies in the movie I was watching with said, "Don't open that door." <laughs> that happened to me as well too. The 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 older woman, like middle aged woman, that was sitting next to me. I just heard her, "Don't go in there." There was a, "Don't go in there." No, normally, like people speaking during movies, just like ruins the fucking movie. But this this was like it was it was so. Uh, spread out like, very very occasionally people say oh, oh yes they got that guy or whatever it was but but that really felt that's like you're the in moment a where theater, you know? that's the moment where you know don't go in there. You hear ev- everyone's <laughs> thinking it and one person just didn't even realize they said it out loud but totally said it out like don't go in there yeah because you just assumed whatever in there was going to be really really bad it was wasn't it lit from the outside or something like yeah it was like it was, it was like, a weird half door yeah it was like, a weird half door <laughs> and he creeps up to it and gets in and then he, what he finds out at that point is that uh, his girlfriend had said, again, you probably, probably saw this, but the girlfriend had said that she had never dated a black dude before. Right. And there's pictures of like... 20? A, a lot. Like yeah. a, ton, a ton. The photos never stop. No. And he's like... Also weird that there are... It's weird it's, that there is it's, that... It's, it's, I mean, you have to advance the movie along at some point. That did feel a little bit kind of like, now how are we gonna how are we gonna convey this? Ah, fucking tell them. Let's just yeah. Have well, a big that's, stack of that's I mean, yeah. Why would you keep every photo in that little room? I don't know why you would keep a box full of incriminating photos <laughs> in that little room. They, they seem like they're running a pretty tight operation. Other than that, <laughs> yeah. Other than that, well-oiled machine. Like really, yeah, like although five months she was dating him to before she took him up to the house. This it's maybe a slow burn. How old is this lady? <laughs> like. She must have been doing this for a while. <laughs> One of the things that you would have to think is like she was dating him, but she was probably in various stages of luring other dudes. Oh, you there. don't think they were in a monogamous relationship? No. I, she's like, look, I'm definitely going to lure this guy to at least his intellectual death because we're going to cut out like a large part of his brain. But look, got to be monogamous. No, I figure that while she was doing this, there's weekends where she's like, yeah, I'm not available to hang out this weekend. It's because she was like luring another motherfucker up to this like crazy compound. So yeah, he discovers that. And um, so she, she's uh, she's looking for the keys in her bag and then basically announces, you know, I can't give you these keys. And that's well, where the because turns. This is the first point in the movie. He like loses his temper or like shows emotion beyond. I think he even like, shoves, uh, shoves lacrosse guy out of the way. Yeah, because he could tell, and she and when he, she loses it, that's when the girlfriend like goes from looking panicked, rooting for her, like you know, to like because because cold, sadistic, in control kind of yeah, a, just being like, nah, dog, like I'm not gonna give you fucking key. like <laughs> like there's no way I'm giving you, you know, I'm not giving you those keys, like you know that's not a thing that I'm gonna ever do, and you're like, ah, shit, because there's a moment like I don't know about you. But there was a moment when I was watching it where you're like, oh, maybe she doesn't know. Like, I didn't immediately think that she knew that she was no, involved. Even it if was I saw a- the photos, I was like, oh, maybe she's being hypnotized too or something. I don't know. I think I- at that point I was like, yeah, she's probably fucking with him. But before that, I was certainly like I was with the movie where I was just like, maybe your parents are fucked up and she just didn't know. Like, this is yeah, going to be I- a surprise to her, too. No, I'm an innocent it's- lamb watching this movie and it was only when she was like, I'm not giving the... Oh, she must be bad then. <laughs> that was my... Not only is she bad, she's, like, actively the worst person. She might be the worst person in the movie, like, because she's the, the one that actually goes out and gets people and pulls them also, in. Also, and... her attitude with it is... Like, Googling she... NBA picks or whatever. Was it NBA? Was it? It was N... Yeah, no, it was, dra- yeah, it was draft, draft picks. She was, like, number one draft picks, like... <laughs> that was funny, right? That was, that was supposed to be funny. I think it was supposed to be funny. It's also... 
that scene, what she's doing is she's putting one Fruit Loop in her mouth and then drinking milk. <laughs> Like, like if a you do- psychopath would do. Yeah. So people are reading all into this movie. Um, one of the one of the um, YouTube things I, I looked at had a guy um, dissecting it in a lot of detail, and I, he he pointed out something which I'm not sure was was intended. And I think it would be interesting to let's see if it's interesting to talk about this. Uh, when um, when Chris is, is is locked in the basement and uh, he's on that chair and he keeps scratching at that chair, he defends himself from being hypnotized again by the the teacup noise by um, Pulling the chair apart, taking the stuffing out, putting it in his ears. Yeah. He puts he puts cotton in his ears, then literally picks cotton eh, out of his ears. Ah, eh, you see what it, you see what's in there? To, in order to be free. Now, I... if, you, if you talk to Jordan Peele about this, I'd like to know if he actually meant to do that or if he just went, no, that's kind of a coincidence. I'm not. I'm not. Not every fucking thing is a thing. But what do you think, man? That's. Um, I, I think it's a bit of a stretch. I think it's a bit of a stretch. Okay. <laughs> I personally, there's a point in the movie where you, if you've established that a sound like he has no defense against the sound, right? You have to figure out how could he not hear that sound? Yeah. Especially yeah. if he's tied up. Oh, what if he like scratches a hole in the chair? Cool, yeah, that'll work. You can pull the, out Maga- whatever that's basic MacGyvering. Yeah, <laughs> like that's just like the simplest way to get him out of that and the way that logically makes the most sense. Yeah. I don't think that Also, was, that was a big hit when he actually pulled out his, the, the things in his ears. I think, I'm pretty sure the cinema was like, oh, yes, <laughs> get him. Because <laughs> at that moment, you're like, this dude is like straight fucked. Like, yeah, like there's I don't, like, I don't they, see him getting out of this. Like, yeah, they built it up to the point where you're like... How maybe, much movie is there left? Like, is this movie going to end with him just being like a random white guy? Like, is this Steven Root like, just taking photos? Like, that is not how I want this movie to end. No. I mean, that would have been a powerful ending, but I'm, I'm really glad no, they, the, they didn't do the that. No, the ending that I think there's a... The, that's not the, the best fake-out ending to this, which is... The best fake out ending is after he's uh, killed everyone, yeah. kind of escaped. He spends some time strangling Allison Williams. <laughs> a scene which I think you're going to enjoy over and over again. And then a cop car pulls up. And you think, because, oh, and that normally, obviously, this is the. Uh, the, the dumb point. Like, I'm sure everybody's made this point. Normally in the, in the movie, that's Deus Ex Machina. That is like the cavalry coming. That's like, oh, thank God the cops are here. But this is like a black guy that's just killed a bunch of rich white like, people. And you're in- like, oh, this guy's really fucked now. Because you're yeah. also expecting the cop to be the fucking the- ICE patrol officer because, with a Because they've established that and you're like ready for this dude. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, I mean, there's, there's a history of this. There's a... Uh, I'm going to spoil a movie from the 60s that you guys should have already have seen. So, Night of the Living Dead, you know, during the course of the night of the Living Dead, <laughs> they're fighting zombies. One dude survives. He gets through all... He's like the end of the night. Everyone else is dead. This guy, he gets out of the house where rescuers are starting to show up. He starts to get out, and they think he's a zombie, and they just shoot him. Oh, okay. And that's the end of the movie. Is like this ironic thing of, like, this dude, like survived all I had to do all this fucking gully shit and survive and then he gets shot so spoiler alert on I had to dead <laughs> it's still worth watching even if you know that's the ending although that's a gut punch ending so there is like precedent for like oh yeah. what if we had like the ending of this be like the sad ending that dude's literally in the middle of strangling someone and a cop pulls up and instead yeah. of being able to explain the situation like I almost fucking had my head cut open and like a different brain put in and right. like would have been like 
Just in a weird sunken state, watching the rest of my life as some other dude controls my body because these people are fucking monsters. It's, it's a hard sell. I mean, He's no. like, gets shot the fuck up like on that highway. Like that. That is like one version of that ending. Yeah. And they and everyone in the theater tightens up when that cop car shows up. Because the way it's shot as well, it's not just like. Um, it's him strangling out someone, and then the, you see the the red and blue lights flashing. And yeah, you think, oh shit, the cops are here. Like, and it's it's and it, then you also reflect. It's weird that I think, oh shit, the cops are here because he's like, like you have all that instantly. All yeah. that plays well, instantly in your head. It's also it, yeah, yeah. You have all that plays, and you're like, there's yeah, there's. Like, and then it, it cuts to a low angle shot of the car, and you, oh, and then the door opens, and you see written on the side of the door, airport, and you go, oh, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like funny, it's funny, TSA. <laughs> It's, it's gonna be it's, fine. It's his comedy relief TSA buddy. That who... guy's also great. Like, <laughs> he is. It could could be a bit much, but it's it just it's just played just right. Like, well, also because he is a tremendous audience surrogate because he says the things that you don't like, want to admit. Oh shit! <laughs> this is like sex slave. They're making you into a sex slave. That's what they're doing. They're 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 kidnapping people. Sex slaves. Like also, the. The balls on him, on the guy making them on on Jordan Peele just to go like, I'm gonna have this guy like dictate kind of what's going on, and he's gonna be like seventy percent right. Like he's gonna yeah. be really close. To, instead of it being a reveal, it's like wasn't that at all. It was kind of that. No, like, he, he was, was very very close. <laughs> he was really it's close. The comedy version of how to be seventy percent right. Right. With like the other thirty percent being extra ridiculous. Like you know. Yeah. Like, um. There's I, I, a scene also, where he goes to to where that guy goes to save the day by going to the cops first. Yes, that whole scene and, is hilarious. And but he doesn't like he doesn't tighten it up at all. No, he, like, no, he just says it exactly <laughs> the same way he said it to his like buddy, where he's just like, the take. There's this guy, and then he like he disappeared, but then we found him, and they're making sex slaves out there and like the cops are like hold on let me get other people to like also, repeat this that is thing a, this is interesting because they had um, all the officers were black now yes. and I, I know, statistically I don't, I don't know what the wherever they were were they in New York that was no. in New York that was in Brooklyn so uh, like I don't know if that all of the all the police officers are, are black. They're probably not. So I think there's presumably a point being being made there. If it all been white officers, then you've been like, oh, he's being dismissed because he's a, a black guy. But this is like not rejecting him for being black, or not rejecting him for being a crazy black dude with weird ideas. His his ideas are legitimately being rejected. I think. Yeah. Is yeah. that is that what was I going think it's on? Fair and also like he's he's conveying. His theories in the most comical and oh, ridiculous manner yeah. like possible, <laughs> which also doesn't help him sell his the, crazy also the, the beautiful line that may have been a throwaway thing. It's just like you, you know, you, you guys know about this shit. We TSA, we know about terrorist shit. We know, we may even know more than you do. It's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, ingratiate yourselves with it. They're gonna love hearing that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well played. Just beautifully done. <laughs> yeah. Some of that. Some of that seemed seemed improv as well. Like, um, I'm the, sure there was a fair amount of him. Just, like there was yeah. a, a, when he repeats it to when all four officers are in, in the room, and he 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 almost fucks up the line. And but it was like that's actually really good. The the way he said it was good enough or like oh yeah. no, that's the funniest read yeah. but if you look if you listen to what, what he said it's like you wouldn't that wouldn't be the script that wouldn't be what's typed out it's like if there's any dude who could have improv stuff in this movie <laughs> it's that guy yeah because he is the most like like we said every ever line of dialogue in this movie works on multiple levels right. and you Polished, can't it's so clever. you can't mm. 
fuck with it because if you change it, it might not work. Right. Second viewing, different levels. Like you have to be like on book. But yeah, th- the conversation between Chris and his buddy are the loosest because Chris is talking about like, oh, this is f- fucked up stuff that happened, and that guy's like, like <laughs> just like wilding out about it. <laughs> And so that's the most like, and because those are the most like played for laughs scenes in the movie. There's like it's very few other laughs in the movie. Like not really. It's all just tension gradually being tension, like, a little bit, tension, little release tension. And that, that kind dude of, like, comes in, says some like crazy. And I think Chris has some laughs in those scenes, but it, it the the scenes that are like offer some brief levity, like real jokes, like are between him and his buddy. It's yeah, his buddy n- almost that, like, never in the same room either. I think it's only at the end that when they're actually together. It's yeah, all, all the rest the of the time it's always foam because he's always like, yeah. you know, just fucking around. So, <laughs> so yeah, that guy's really good. Like, you know what? Everyone, there's no like, no, it's like it's a very strong cast. In, the, in the cast. Like everyone is is game. Catherine Keener and fucking Bradley Whitfield. Like that. That's that's yeah, star casting. That, yeah, that, like they're they're they they're bigger names than anyone in the rest of this movie, right? Yes, I think for a certain for certain people, maybe Root. <gasps> Stephen Root was the one I noticed in the in the credits. Like, oh, oh man, yeah. Oh, he's like, like oh Root, Jimmy James let's do this. from News Radio. Like, <laughs> you know, um, the um, Office Space. Like you yeah. know, it's like that's maybe him. But other than that, like yeah. And Allison Williams, if you're if you know girls, if yeah, you're aware, of, so I, completely. Unaware. I was watching. Her, is she is she the one from fucking Broad City? No, she no, just she's has the a run from fucking from... Peter Pan with like they did a, like a live musical version of Peter Pan on some channel with Christopher Walken as like Captain Hook. Okay, and she played Peter Pan. <laughs> so there you go. That's, That's why people don't like Allison Williams. <laughs> evidence that too much art is being made. <laughs> well, I think it's Fox. I think it's Fox, who's just like, let's just do live musicals every once in a while. And it's like, why? We're no. doing Grease. Why are you doing Grease? <laughs> like, why Why is this a thing? Fucking and hate Grease. They did Peter Pan live. <laughs> Allison Williams finally gets to do Peter Pan. She, uh, you know. she does a lot of singing in Girls, clearly. I think she. that's a thing. I'm not selling you on Girls. I'm not bringing you no, back into the no. Girls train. What if I tell you, what if... In two episodes, I'm like, it sticks the landing. Can I get you back into it? <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. Um, I, I'm not. I, I'm not okay with it. Like, I <laughs> don't like Lena Dunham. I think. Really? Uh, I, I know it's. I know I should. Um, I, I don't. I don't think she's. I, I'll, I think she's a bad writer. I think she says terrible things. I think she says weird things. <laughs> like the. I wish I'd had an abortion. Oh. That's tough. That maybe this, this that's hard to defend. Like, th- yeah, that that is. There's no good answer to why you would say that. Like, there's no like. The hard times covering that would let Jeannie too confused about like, her other two wishes. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, um, she's <laughs> um, just a bit of a difficult one. Um, I just girls. I get girls. Um. Her movie that got her an HBO series... Oh, Tiny Furniture? ...is actively bad. <laughs> okay. That is actively not a good movie. I don't get why people watched that movie and were like, yes. Seven series. <laughs> let's, turn, let's turn over Premium the Premium channels. Like, like I said, I watch Girls. I've watched every episode of Girls, clearly. Like, at no point did I push out on it. I pushed out on The Walking Dead. I pushed out on a lot of series where I'm like... Well, The Walking cool. Dead is kind of the same thing over and over and over again. It's, the wa- but I read all... I've, 
pretty up to date on the comics. Okay. But I literally got done with the second season of Walking Dead. It was like, oh, I'll watch, I'll watch the third season. I still haven't watched the first season. I just, no. at a certain point, just keep forgetting to watch yeah. the rest of it. Like, it just, it's just like, I just don't it's, care. It's a slog as well. Like, uh, uh, Laurie and I watch it, and then we have to watch something else afterwards. Because it, it's a hard, you can't go to bed after watching The Walking Dead. That's I, not, I had that's that not with a... uh, later seasons of Six Feet Under, where it got, where like... Oh, because it's so sad. They forgot... That in earlier seasons, good stuff happened too, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah you want to fix our show?" Ter- like just torturing our characters the whole time with nothing good ever happening, and so it's like, "But let's time- kill Peter Krause. Let's kill him again. <laughs> they like, kill him twice. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, let's have a dude uh, pick up a hitchhiker and then get taken that on a is terror the, ride. That like- is like I'm. I was in six feet. And I was like completely. Like, this is great. I'm totally on board with the show. And then that happened. I'm like, I'm fucking out. I don't want to watch this anymore. This is gross. This is just. It was like emotionally harmful to watch. It was just grim. Well, just, there was never. Or it's like, oh, the mom will date somebody. It's like, turns out he's schizophrenic. He's crazy. <laughs> like it's like, can't. He's the guy from Outbreak. <laughs> yeah. It's like, can't we have? <laughs> You could have like a good thing. Like not everything has to end with murder or sadness. Like right. some of the that doesn't mean be... you're edgy or arty or whatever. Like yeah. the ending, the very very last episode was good, yeah. but it, I was in fucking tears. Like and, and I I don't I normally I was, get that upset with with, uh, with with TV shows, but yeah, that was just I was not in tears. awful. Um, I don't but... cry. I don't cry at endings unless it's the ending of Lost. <laughs> like, so much time wasted. <laughs> No, we'll do a lost podcast. We should do. We should. I, I, I couldn't get into. It. I tried like seven or eight episodes. And I was just like, this is bullshit. I don't like it. Oh, it's so good. I'm looking forward to leftovers coming back because I need. I need more Lindelof in my life. Oh, is he? Is that him? I stopped watching that last night. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you just started watching the leftovers. Yeah, seriously. Um, okay. I quite liked it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig in. Oh it's shit! We should do a leftovers pod because <laughs> the new season's gonna start. Okay, like it's it. season three, right? Season three, last okay. season. So maybe. Is it based on something? Is it based, it's on based like... off a novel that I've totally read? Can you can you look up the the actor's name, the main dude? Because <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I looked this up that. before, and he has a quite an unusual surname. It's got like a double. He was in a Black Mirror episode that I have not watched. Um, I started watching. Oh, you've not seen that one? That's good. Daniel K A L U U Y A Kaluya Kaluya. We'll say that. Um, Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya. Watch this dude because this dude is going to like crush it. Like, yeah. don't bear in mind that he was in Johnny English Reborn, the sequel to Johnny English. Like, forget that. Oh yeah, he's in Sicario. He uh, Sicario's fucking good. He's um, in Black Panther. That's coming up. And Widows. And television wise, I'm sure he was in a bunch of BBC stuff because he was, yeah he was in something um, Harry and Paul Harry Enfield and Paul Whitehouse they had their own, their own show and he played this character called Parking Patawayo, um based on the character Postman Pat who's a uh, children's <laughs> cut, cut all this yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah this dude watch out for him he's gonna be in shit hopefully yeah he's, he was no, so he, good in this he, yeah this dude's gonna crush stuff out later I think like so Get Out was a uh, is a Blumhouse production. Oh yeah, Blumhouse is a. They figured out that if you put out horror movies that are made between four and five million dollars, they always make money. And so the budget for this movie was like, I think four and a half. And it, it made thirty on its opening weekend. Yes, and, and that I'm might sh- just be in the U.S. 
Yeah. Um, so, well done. <laughs> yeah. And, That's a good return. And it's you can get in on continuously that. played, at least in Seattle. Like, um, So, it's one of those ones where I don't know what the final box office is. We'll, we'll, look, look, we'll look up what the final box office is. But even if it had, like... Fallen off dramatically out of that opening weekend already. That is a great, like, yeah, and, six uh, times what you put in. Yeah, so this is a hit. I think it's critically acclaimed. There's didn't it, it had a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes for a very long yeah. time before one. Actually, I didn't like it. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, fucking fixed really. That's bike. that's the hill you want to die on. Like the, <laughs> the one guy who didn't like fucking get out. Okay, cool. All right. That, I did not see this coming from from Jordan Peele. I know he was a writer on a little, little bit more research on this. He was a writer and uh, on co-writer on Keanu, and then he was a writer for like Mad TV and for um for for his own show with uh, uh yeah, Michael Keem, Keem yeah, Peele. which I, I didn't really do Keanu Peele that much. It was it's it was kind of fine, half and half good. Yeah, it's one of those things where they have some sketches where and it's one of it's a great YouTube sketch yeah. show. Like a lot of sketch shows, a lot of sketch shows can be hit or miss. I think people get get. Later, Kids in the Hall and Chappelle show made people spoiled to like how good sketch comedy because the actual history history of sketch comedy <laughs> is that is generally shitty. Uh, yeah, it's at least fifty fifty. That's that's yeah. the sorry. It's at best fifty fifty. It's kind of you remember the good stuff, but it's like, well, at least this is over soon. Also, sketches are really hard to end. If you ever try to write one, or even when you watch them, you go like, yeah, but how are you going to end this? And often there's like an unsatisfying kind of like uh, this extreme left turn, and you go, fuck you, you didn't end that sketch. You just yeah. <laughs> you just changed the subject. Anyway. I didn't see this coming from him. Uh, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know. Uh, that's not to be like kind of, oh, he sucks. Or but no, I had no idea that he had this in him. This is fucking amazing. Well, it's because Keanu, which I liked. I know people kind of shit. Some people shit on Keanu. And it was it was uh, fine. I enjoyed it. Like, personally, I enjoyed it. It felt like, like I said, it felt like a, a sketch. It was like, let's do, a, it, one, it's a straight up comedy. So it's like, let's do an action comedy, like make fun of action comedies. Yes. Kind of a yeah. little bit. Get out. So and beautiful ending. like a, Great upbeat, ending. A, kind of an upbeat ending, although then you figure out like, I had what's s- going to happen next. Because presumably cops are going to show up because a rich white family has been murdered. <laughs> like, yeah. There's, there's some incoherent bloodshit going to happen. There's, there, there's technically very little evidence that he was there. Maybe right. Can get away. With. Look, did you have a applause in your theater? No, but it, it felt really close that it was going to happen. We had spontaneous applause. But you were opening weekend as well. Was opening it, weekend. Where did you see it? I saw it in Linwood. Was it a full theater? Three quarters full. Probably. Okay. It was at eleven in the morning. <laughs> eleven in the morning Damn. in Linwood. That's how I see movies. <laughs> So, for people who don't know, we drove to the next town over to see an 11 o'clock showing of a movie in a mall. And it was three quarters full. So, people were into it. They were fucking psyched. Spontaneous applause at the end. Yeah. And I was part of that. Like, people started clapping. If other people started clapping, I would have started clapping. Even though I'm not really sure you should clap at the end of movies. <laughs> There's probably two claps before I was clapping. When it was like... I want to clap. We're clapping. Like, I was like with it. Like, I was ready for that. Um, Because it just, I don't think you should clap at every movie. No. Because I think sometimes I'm like. Damn, I I think the last time I heard clapping at movie was Eyes Wide Shut. Like, people clapped at the end of that. That is a bad movie. (laughs) People should be going, dig him up. (laughs) (laughs) I I got some words. (laughs) Maybe they were clapping for 2001. It was just like. (laughs) Yeah, so I was watching Full Metal Jacket the other day. That's a good movie, that's right? Good. Well, the first half. I don't, I don't like it when they get into Vietnam. Oh, that's the point. Um, 
Come on, the first half of that movie is fucking amazing. And then just... I think both halves are amazing. Yeah. That was when I was when I was a teenager. That was my favorite Vietnam movie. As an adult, it's Apocalypse Now. It has to be Apocalypse Now. How can you say anything else than Apocalypse Now? Not seen it. You know. I, I need, <laughs> oh, yeah, check me out. <laughs> oh my god! Look, fucking Francis Ford Coppola. He made. He made Dracula. He made. <laughs> he, okay, he's made terrible movies. The one he puts his fucking name on some of them, like. But, like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. But he like uh, he made Godfather, Apocalypse Now, Godfather Part Two, and the conversation. That was four movies in a row. Okay, those are all like Hall of Fame movies. Yeah, like you like you can't fuck with any of those four. Like I don't care what he did after that. I don't care about his making the Rainmaker. That's not a good movie. <laughs> Dracula is like was the hottest shit and it immediately became corny as fuck like <laughs> after that and now you watch it and you're like how did I think this is great like I used to think this is like best movie of the year Dracula <laughs> and now you watch it and you're like holy shit yeah right? I, did, I didn't see that in your best movies of the year yeah didn't make the cut although you can show none of that I did a yeah. uh, Facebook has a thing of like the idea is that you remember what you've thought the best movies of the year for every year that you've been alive or obviously from I don't think you're capable of making a best like picking out a best movie until you're like six or seven like yeah I don't know that like before that anyone's like cognitively can like put that shit together right but, so I I totally cheated it was just like 1979 <laughs> I'm gonna pick <laughs> alien because <laughs> fuck it I was a, 1979 was a tough year there was a lot of good movies but I'm yeah gonna say alien um alien is really good the Wanderers is really good. That was a tough. That was. Oh tough. yeah. Based off of Richard that. Price's first novel. The, the guy that did um, uh, Lust. Lush Life. Lush Life. Lush Life and uh, Clockers. Uh, Clockers, yeah. Clockers is great, and his first move or his first book was kind of. It's a short story collection that's a novel because it's like there's like five or six stories and each one is about this like street gang in New York in the '60s or people around the street gang and it all adds up. And there's a Ken Wall movie based off of it that's really good. So The Wanderers, not my recommendation for this week, but you should okay. check it out. Also, <laughs> wasn't my f- apparently wasn't the best movie of nineteen, uh, my favorite movie of nineteen seventy nine because fucking Alien came out in nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, well, it's so. hard to be Alien. I mean, it is kind it's, of genre defining. Yeah, yeah, no shit. And it's like that's why people know who like Giger is and yes. Ridley Scott is. They don't <laughs> so, know it from hard work. That's not why. <laughs> They're not like going, oh, you mean the, you the, mean the, guy the best grindcore band in Liverpool? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Species. Remember Species? Like, I liked Species. I saw Species in the theater. I I'm, I'm not sure I would still like Species, but I watched it at the time. I was like, this is great. I'm not going to pull on the thread of Species with Sir Ben Kingsley. <laughs> <laughs> and there were two sequels. Sorry, there were... Two sequels that I'm aware of. There may be more sequels. So, yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, I think I've, we've probably exhausted all. I can't think of anything else I want to say about about Get Out. Oh, uh, everything's great. Uh, yeah. If the, if that wasn't uh, a ring, a ringing endorsement from from us, I, I don't know what else we can do. Oh. Yeah, we should we should move on. So we're gonna move on. Uh, go see that movie. Like going to see a movie like that cost that cost me like about about twenty bucks, and presumably cost you roughly the same. Like it's expensive going to go see movies. So. To cover our costs, you know, we sell a little bit of advertising on this podcast, and we're going to cut to one of those right now. Segway! <laughs> Love it. I thought I'd try. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's fun. Me! 
Merry Christmas, 51 50 years. It's always been easy to find the perfect gifts for the people you love. You know what they want. You pay attention, getting them the perfect mink dartboard, bespoke gin cylinders, or the just-so battery chargers is mind-numbingly simple. What about those people whom you don't give a shit? You're still obligated to buy them things. This is America. But how do you show them that you're aware of the social contract that exists between you, but absolutely no more than that? Click on over to acquaintancegifts.com and they'll calculate the perfect present for the person you reluctantly have to acknowledge. Your boss's secretary that likes is a cat. Gifted. The barista that you see almost every day whose name you don't know. With the glasses? Sorted. Your sister-in-law, the one that likes Jill Stein. Obligation fulfilled. Gifts cost no more than $10 because, you know. Use code Mistress for Christmas and we'll throw in something for your mail carrier. Not that you give a shit. Acquaintances.com. Act like you almost care. All right. I think we're I think we're back. We're almost back. I think we're getting close to back. If we're not, if we're not actually back. Wait. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> that peaked. I apologize. I'm not going to do it again, though. We're just going to keep that peaked. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to sound real bad. Get used to that. Yeah. That's what distortion sounds like. Recommendations. Yeah. So what I'm going to recommend is that if you get um, premium Northwest beer, <laughs> P&W, don't let it sit around for more than 20 minutes. No, drink, drink it real fast. That's not actually my recommendation. That's just a side note. This is a pro tip. <laughs> That's how to live your life. This is like life hacks. That's your life hacks. Maybe just drink quickly. <laughs> drink that, way, that beer. As that way fast. you drink more. Yeah. Or at least it tastes better, you know, because you really taste the difference. You really see where that time went. That's the physical manifestation of time right there. It's like started out good, got really shitty. But what I'm going to talk about, um, so we're talking about Get Out. Obviously, we talked about it for a long time. You just listened to that. I don't need to tell you what our feature segment was. You no. just heard it. But it, it was what, Get Out. It was, <laughs> it was Get Out the movie. <laughs> we just talked about it. I want to talk about uh, some movies that might be a good, uh, good pairing with Get Out. If you decide that you want to watch Get Out and then come home and watch another movie. Or Get Out might be available on VOD shortly. So maybe you could VOD either just buy it straight out or rent Get Out. Maybe you want something else. So... It's problematic as fuck because Roman Polanski, but I'm going to say Rosemary's Baby is a good double feature. One, it's one of the movies that inspired Get Out because it's another movie that talks about, that deals with uh, mundane social interactions and social commentary. And Rosemary's Baby's case is sort of about how women are treated by society and by their husbands and right. how, like, what expectations are and things like that. Um, so Rosemary's Baby, you got to get over the fact that Roman Polanski made it and Roman Polanski's a fucking shit heel. And so you, you got to decide if that's worth it to you. If it is, you should check out Roman, uh, Rosemary's Baby. It's great. Double feature would get out. If you want to make it a free Pete or you're like, fuck Roman Polanski, I would say watch Invasions of Body Snatchers, the 1978 version. Is that the Donald Sutherland That's the Donald Sutherland yeah. version with Leonard Nimoy. That's just it's just a good movie, man. Yeah. It's just a good movie. I've seen that. It's good. We'll have trailers for both of those. Check them out. Pair them. We'll get out. Have a nice night, man. Just enjoy it. Add a Jaws to that list, to be honest. <laughs> like, I know it's Jaws it's is not great. Directly related, but, but one, it's a perfect movie. So it's yeah. And no, just the level of tension in I, that is the same. That's the I, only. Yeah, I saw I saw Jaws, a midnight showing of it at the Egyptian. Oh yeah. So on the big screen, th- there was teenagers in front of us. One of which had seen Jaws and then a bunch who had clearly not watched Jaws at all. So it was fascinating watching them lose their fucking minds towards <laughs> the end of it. Like, it worked. Like, they were, like, 
they were freaking the fuck out. And I was like, it works. Like, this yeah. movie works. Like, you. So, yeah, some some kind of uh, dull, the edge gets duller as, you, as it gets older, but Jaws fucking holds up. Jaws, it's great, man. Masterpiece. Uh, I don't have a strict recommendation this week, um, other than I typed Cloud Rat into Spotify. <laughs> I listened to a couple of their songs, and then I started exploring related artists, and I think I went through Full of Hell, uh, Youngin' in the Way, some others, uh, all, all sort of pig destroyery kind of kind of grindcore bands. Um, yes. Really, really good. Have an afternoon doing that. I wish I could bring up my actual... Maybe when I actually get to work and I get onto my machine that has the uh, the Spotify history, uh, I'll, I'll be able to, to pull up exactly what I listen to and that, but... I'll try and bring up and bring up my specific bands, but uh, okay. <laughs> my recommendation is a life hack: go explore. <laughs> okay, so if you do bring up your thing, just record you talking about your specific things. Okay, and then I'm gonna do this. Yeah, they're great. Oh, I haven't heard of them. Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not as into that one. <laughs> Definitely. I, I'll, just, I'll just cut that in. It'll it'll be flawless. People will be like, "Oh man, you were just talking." Also, about also leave in the prep beforehand. <laughs> like, wait, I'll do this. <laughs> Uh, also this and this that I'm saying now. <laughs> Will do. Really like you really like to pull back the curtain. <laughs> okay. I've dug into my last FM data because everything I do is publicly available on the internet and it's it's given me the stuff I listened to on April fifth when I was doing my exploration into bands that sound like Cloud Rat. Um the first band that came up was uh, Of Feather and Bone. I listened to a couple of their records. Well, a couple of songs off, off their records. And they were really good. Oh, I haven't heard of them. Um, so definitely go ahead and, and, and check those guys out. Uh, there are a few other bands as well. I'll publish the whole the whole list. Why not? Uh, All Pigs Must Die, Young and in the Way, Full of Hell. Yeah, they're great. Mammoth Grinder, Home Wrecker, and Nails. Oh, shit. Nails especially. Um they're really good. I've heard this, a song of, those, of theirs called uh, You Will Never Be One of Us, which is a uh, fantastic song. Um, also, uh, Judas Priest put out, uh, the finally finally put out the remastered uh, Turbo, their, their most underrated record. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not as into that one. Um, so if you want to hear, you know, Out in the Cold and uh, uh, Private Property, <laughs> then you should definitely check out uh, Judas Priest's remastered Turbo album featuring I'm Your Turbo Lover. Okay, so we've recommended some movies. We've thoroughly recommended one movie. <laughs> okay, featured segment was all about one movie. We gave you some other options. We've given we've given you some some grindcore that may or may not be very specific grindcore, depending on whether or not uh, Stephen re-records uh, grindcore <laughs> recommendations and drops them in for studio magic that we're not even going to try to make seem seamless. Uh, we might even leave you laughing in the background while I'm doing my like little like extra plugs. Absolutely. In. <laughs> so it'll be like there's an extra you in the room. It'll be pretty awesome. <laughs> um, so that's uh, I think that's this week's show, man. I think that was good. Yeah, I think I think we've covered all the things we set out to cover. So, <laughs> in conclusion, uh, we've run out of things to say. 